Man City lose here whilst they're not competing. Did get yellow carded very early on in the match for being a bit too eager coming out of her goal and taking out, I think it was Leah Carlton. But, uh... <laughs> Subscribe to the OTB Koyig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Let's go to Slovakia and join Ashling O'Reilly. Ashling, how are you? Good morning from Bratislava, lads. How are you? Yeah, here are the votes. Uh, what are the votes? <laughs> what, what is? Um, there are some Ireland fans there. We're going to hear from them in a few minutes. But the, you've been talking to the camp. You've been following this camp now for months and months and months and months. And the old ebb and flow of a, a proper qualifying campaign. They've achieved something really good, but the job isn't done just yet. So how do they pitch that over the last couple of days? And what are they saying when they're talking to you in the press conferences and stuff? Yeah, I think that's the main thing, that they know the job's not done. That on Thursday night against Finland, you know, there was massive celebrations after the game, and rightly so. You know, it was a a massive occasion, but uh, it's all about trying to get the the three points now here in Slovakia. And they've just stressed how important that is. And they're on a roll at the minute, and they're constantly developing and growing as a team. And they want that to continue. So they don't want to have an upset of a bad performance or, you know, be upset walking away from Slovakia knowing that they could have put themselves in the best position possible um, to get a, a, a good playoff position. So, um, yeah, that's the main thing that they're getting across here. Um, but I think overall, just with the squad, they just how much they've developed. Like, we'll hear from Vera, but she, she just spoke about you know, it's so exciting to watch them game on game and they're constantly learning um, together and they're constantly growing together. And it's evident within their play and even with the injuries that they have, you know, they, they do have some girls out, they have four girls that are not going to be playing um, due to injuries and suspensions. But, you know, the strength and depth within this squad is, is really strong. And that's something that maybe in previous years they haven't always had. You know, they can look at the bench and know, yeah, she can do a job. And that was actually the words that Louise said to me. She knows I, I look left and right in the dressing room and I say, she can do a job, she can do a job. You know, they, they trust everyone around them. And I think that's really important in international football too because you don't get a lot of time together. You know, you're you're with your club and then, you know, you, you have the 10-day camp really is what they get. So um, you need to be able to trust the players around you. And I think that's very evident within this squad. It's funny because they, they did try and, and hothouse a little bit of that with the the various camps that they had. They played their friendly against the Philippines and they were, they were on a few trips in the summertime that weren't like very widely reported on because the games were totally meaningless. But from their perspective, it was an opportunity to try stuff to drill in exactly where everybody's supposed to be on the pitch and I suspect that one of the things they were doing behind those closed doors was moving Katie McCabe around a bit to see could they get her on the ball more and not just play her at left wing back This is it it was constantly changing players around Um, even Jess Sue like she's came into the squad as well and you know for West Ham and for Shells anyway she's playing more of a defender now she's pushed up to midfield and She's doing a great job for West Ham there. Um, just in pre-season now at the minute, she's going to have her first game now next week. But yeah, she, she a player like her, you know, a lot of the players are versatile, like you said, with Katie McCabe. And I think that's such a strong thing that Ireland have at the minute. Um, you look at the bench and you just look at like the likes of Anya Borman, like, you know, to come off the bench, maybe she might get a start, you know, today. It'd be amazing for Anya to get an experience she has. And obviously the, there's a few girls out at the minute. So to be able to drop players like that in and know that you're in safe hands is amazing to have and it's definitely something the squad have but they're constantly growing like I I asked Vera yesterday about mentally like sometimes 
maybe previously, say against the the Finland game, for example, in the first half, not the best performance, not the start they would have wanted. You know, heads can drop. And it wasn't the case, you know, they went in at half time and, you know, they, they rectified things. They talked about it. They came back out and, you know, they said previously we could have dropped our heads there, but they feel like they're, they're so much stronger now as, as a group. And yeah, they, they're just so excited for the, the journey they're on and they're just hoping that it continues. Uh, I did wonder if they were just a little bit nervous as well. Like, so I don't think mm-hmm. tactically they got it right. I think they're still working some bits out and uh, they were trying too much to pump the ball forward early so that was all part of it but I do wonder if that's them actually thinking oh Jesus we might qualify for a World Cup here if we win this game we're guaranteed at least a playoff oh look the crowd is full oh everybody's talking about us and then actually half an hour in they're like okay we need to like get down to business here because the difference between the middle 30 minutes and the first 30 minutes was marked and it wasn't just mm. down to like you know I, I don't know it's hard to know it, it's hard to know and I do think the the whole thing of the crowd and the buzz before the game, like there was a massive buzz compared to other games. Yes, there has been a great buzz ahead, ahead of other games, but this was different. And the girl said it, you know, it was different. It was, you know, to qualify for, you know, a World Cup qualifier, you know, it's, it was to get a playoff. You know, it really was a, a massive occasion for them. And that was evident. As you said, you're like, they, they did look a bit nervous. They weren't playing the game that they're used to keeping the ball, moving it fast. It was, as you said, launch forward and panic stations a little bit almost. Um, but they, they rectified it. And yeah, I don't think overall they'd be delighted with that performance. It's definitely probably a learning curve. Um, but I'd say with the fans and the noise and the hype around it too, probably added to that pressure of one of the biggest, if not the biggest moment in an Irish jersey for all of the girls. Something uh, Ashley seemed different about Vera Pau after, at full time of the game during the week. Like I, I've never seen her react like that to it. And look, granted, it was a huge, huge result for this Irish team. But like you've spoken to Vera different times. Like, have you noticed something different about her in recent days? That that, that this is maybe the precipice of something really, really good for this Irish team. Yeah, I think so, Shane. Like even yesterday. She's very calm in the press conference. That's something that all the journalists said afterwards. We were like, wow, very, very calm and very excited. And um, yeah, just just really proud of these girls and what they've achieved and what she's achieved and the whole backroom team have achieved so far on this journey. Um, I think the most exciting thing, and I said it to her, I said, is the most exciting thing is that the growth that you've seen and that game on game, they're constantly growing and developing and she said absolutely she's like you know it's it's not that we haven't always been mentally strong she's like it's just the communication and I suppose being so close off the pitch you can you can notice that with the team you know being close off the pitch you're going to be close on the pitch you know a lot of of the the most successful teams will always tell you that and I think that's evident here too so I think she's just um yeah excited and she she's like even the talent she has around her within the squad you know, it really is something else. And as we said about the players on the bench, even coming in, um, yeah, she has a great p- to, uh, squad to pick from. So she's just really um, proud and excited about this journey she's on with them. And yeah, what they've done in recent time, it's brilliant. And yeah, I did speak to her um, yesterday at the press conference. And yeah, she just told me about that excitement, watching these girls grow and develop. And she did describe as the game tonight again, she described it as a final. We can hear that now. 
And have you had a bit of a difficult job in picking the team and getting things together ahead of the game because there has been some injuries and some changes ahead of the game? Yes, uh, we we, um, we miss four players uh, of the basic lineup, and um, yeah, of course you need to find uh, other players for it. But the the backups are always there. Uh, Tom Elm is always coaching the the. the opposition team so they grow together with the ones in the lineup uh, the only thing is communication um, there will be some misunderstandings on the pitch and that should not frustrate anyone uh, not on the pitch not outside the pitch and not at home because that is very very logical in a game at this level um, when you need for four new players in we were speaking with the Slovakia manager today he said that his contract runs out after the Ireland game that he's hoping to stay on and that, you know, obviously trying to get the win here would be the big thing in order to, I suppose, ensure that he, he keeps his job. Yeah, yeah. What do I say about that? It's, that that's his uh, uh, the, the situation. Mm-hmm. We are here here to win the game. Uh, we will do everything to win the game because that gives us a better starting point for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He said that Ireland were the dark horses and he's been very impressed with them throughout the, the campaign. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- thanks. Yeah, thanks to him. We are, well. We have uh, we have surprised ourselves also by times. Eh? Yeah. Uh, we knew that what what is in this squad, and we still don't know where we can g- grow to. Uh, and every game is getting better and better and better. But to be honest, the only game that we did not get what we wanted was against Slovakia. They made it so difficult for us, and we were very lucky to uh, to have a draw at home. Is that the most exciting part that you're constantly growing game on game? Yes, that is that is so good, and we're getting stronger, and more confident. And as you, if you see the, the problems that you had in the first 20 minutes against Finland, and just just the mentality, we don't understand what's happening here on the pitch, but we just make sure that ball does not go in with everything we have. That was something that Louise talked about there in the press conference. That maybe a few years ago, you know, your heads might have went down, or now they're so strong mentally not to to let that sort of start phase them. I don't think they were less uh, mentally less stronger. The tasks are clearer now, mm-hmm. so they know what to do when when it doesn't go away, and they know what to do to keep that ball out of the net or to have the biggest chance to keep the ball out of the net. And uh, by growing that task and the executing of those tasks, it looks like we are mentally further, but it's just having a better knowledge in the execution of your task. And how important is it to get the win tomorrow night? It's extremely important. We we see this as a final again. This game we have to win to have a chance to go to the World Cup. The game is live tonight on OTV Sports Radio, uh, Slovakia against Ireland. It's all thanks to Sky, proud partner and supporter of our women's national football team. Outbelieve together and show your support as Ireland look to make history and reach their first ever World Cup. Um, the, the point that I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten after the win at the weekend was like, ah, oh, we've beaten the third best team in the group and as the fourth best team. Of course we'll beat them, but actually... They have massively improved over the course of this campaign. That head coach that you were talking to, he's getting a lot of credit for that. And he's desperate for a victory because if he beats Ireland, then they're definitely going to give him a new deal. This is it. Yeah, Peter Capone. So he's the Slovakian manager and has been for the last four years. And he is hoping to stay on. So in the press conference yesterday, I spoke to him first. And my first question was just, um, you know, how's preparations been going and yeah just a, an open-ended question and he came back with my contract is is up after this game <laughs> come and, and get me please yeah <laughs> yeah 
Co- yeah, so exactly. Like my contract is up, and um, yes, I'm, I'm. He didn't say I'm hoping to stay on. I then asked him, "So would you like to stay on?" He sort of smiled and say, "That's a tough question. Of course, I'd I'd hope to stay on, but it's it's up to them." So basically. Yeah, he, he would love to stay on, but uh, he knows that if he got a win against Ireland, that it would really help his chances of staying on. Um, he's been a great manager anyways for them. You know, they have really grown in the last number of years. They just haven't had that big win. I think that's probably been the problem for Slovakia because they, they have been an upset for a lot of teams, like Ireland at home, Tala to, to get a draw. You know, they've been a difficult team. Uh, Finland as well, they took points off Finland. So, they have been a difficult team and they're really hoping that this is the, their chance to, to get that big win. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be underestimating Slovakia or under any illusion of the, the challenge that they that they possess. Am I right in saying, uh, Ash, that he, 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 the Slovakian manager brought up Megan Campbell's long throws as well? Or he was, he was certainly asked about it. He, he's obviously a, either a fan of it or, or slightly fears it a little bit. Yeah, the minute he was asked about it, he just smiled and he just said, yes, yes. And and we were explaining, Meg Cavalier is like, I know her, I know her. <laughs> and he said, you know, that we play the videos for the rest of the, the management team. And he said, you know, when we watch those videos, um, we were taken back with that skill that she has. Um, that it, yeah, it's a phenomenal skill to have. And um, yeah, they, they know exactly how much of a, of a threat that she is. Um, but yeah, they were just speaking about in, I think it was 2017, where, when I think Megan Strohs, it, it it's got two goals for Ireland um, in, here in Slovakia, against Slovakia. And it was 2 0 that day. And he spoke about that day and he was assistant coach then. And yeah, he, he remembers her well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Pink McCarthy's long throws, Euro 88. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of parallels here between our uh, first great team breaking through and this team breaking through as well uh, let's hear from Louise Quinn so um, obviously uh, uh, a long and storied career hopefully going to be crowned with an appearance at the World Cup this is Louise Quinn speaking with Ashton yesterday have a look Louise we're here in Senec in Slovakia how are you feeling ahead of the game tomorrow night yeah just feeling good ready to go um, you know we know what's what's to come tomorrow and yeah we've just got to we've just got to look forward to it and you know and, and still we just want to finish as high in this group as we can we're just looking out at the pitch at the moment. Uh, it looks well. You've been here before. You've played here before. Yeah, I played here a couple of times, and I think it's you know it's definitely been kind of weather affected, but it's looking yeah it's looking really kind of sharp out there, and and uh, yeah, a good surface. And there is a few injuries within the camp and um, suspensions as well. So I suppose going into a game like this, there will be a lot of changes. Um, how does that affect the team? Um, yeah, there's going to be a few changes, but that's it's something now that we've we've kind of got to a stage where players can come in, and it's you know once we have kind of the right setup, the right formation, players are just able to slot in so easily. And um, players who have already their experience, international experience, um, you know, playing at club level together with you know some of us mixing in that. So for us, it's we know that's international football and. Um, yeah, listen, we're going to be we're going to be ready first. We've a, we've a really really strong squad that's kind of been been together now for a long time. So, and what is the mood and the buzz like in the camp? Obviously, yeah, you had the brilliant win on Thursday night, so you're on such a high, and then you sort of have to keep your your head on the ground, your your feet on the ground, even going into this game to hopefully get the three points. Yeah, I think that was you know we enjoyed that moment after the game. We had to. It's it was it was so worthy. But yeah, listen, I think even just looking into. You know, even reading about the potential playoffs and what can happen, that just confuses you so much that you just have to go, do you know what? We And as we always do, take the game as it comes. 
you know, get the three points and then see what happens from there. Um, you know, we are, we're a very grounded team. We, uh, we don't take anything for granted. We don't think anything's going to be, be given for us. And, you know, we also don't think things are going to be easy for us. We've always been, been fighting through things and we'll continue to do that. I don't think we'll lose it. And for Slovakia, they're a very physical team. Um, what challenge do they possess that's probably going to be the toughest thing tomorrow night? Yeah, exactly. Physicality. They're very, um, you know, very fast as well. They press the ball very well. They come together as units. They, you know, really try to bring you into tight areas and then close you down and, and try win the ball from there and transition very fast. So they will be a very, you know, they have a lot of technical players as well. So we know that we've got a really tough game. It's, it's not one of those, um, you know, before that we think... You know, this will be something we can we can do because they're a lower seed. They're a very very strong side, and you know, and you know, they proved that as well in Tala. But we've we've got a point to prove as well, and we've come so far since then. You said there that uh, you're in Senek. A quick uh, Google tells me Senek is a town in the Bratislava region of southwestern Slovakia, a well-known summer tourism and recreation centre. The town is attractive not only because of the proximity of Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia, but also because of the healthy environment and summer resort. What's Ooh, what's the wow. he- what's the healthy environment? Is like the air clean or something? The water nice? Well, it's it's, it's at a lake. I, I was there for about thirty minutes. Uh, well, we, outside for about thirty minutes. Then we're inside for about an hour or two, and that was it. Because it's about um, a thirty minute, thirty five minute drive. So we got taxi to and from Bratislava out to the press conferences, and the taxis over here are like something out of Fast and Furious. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have been to Slovakia. Have there once? It's like, holding on for dear life like they go around a corner and it's as if they 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 don't know how to break they go faster it's as if you're going to go up on two wheels and yeah we had some crack on the way to and from the the press conferences but we got back alive so all's good but did i did in, i think bratislava was one of, one of the stops on my interrailing trip when i was when i was younger but it'll be the it probably it works out time wise i know you're a big static fan as well ash you'll get the full irish game in and the post-match reaction and then is it that isn't it the dubliner pub in the middle of bratislava is, is the big irish pub Yes, um, Shane, you have it all scoped out, so do I. <laughs> I know, and I'm loving all the Celtic coverage. I'm like, it was brilliant yesterday on the show as well. Um, exciting times for Celtic, so yeah, looking forward to it as well. Uh, but it's, yeah, the timing works well here. I'll see, obviously, a press, uh, obviously, to get to the game or the post-match interviews afterwards and all of that. And I'll probably watch it myself maybe tomorrow or something. You know, I'll mm. sit down and watch it properly, but... uh yeah, the Dubliner is in the middle of uh, Bratislava here. It's a very quaint city, sort of like, um, reminds you of Prague, maybe a quieter version of, of Prague. But yeah, really, really nice place. So it is, I definitely, definitely will come back. It's uh, it's on the Danube. I didn't realise that. Um, yeah. Um, I'm learning mm-hmm. a lot about my uh, <laughs> yeah. Slovakian geography today. And Senek seems pretty nice, like uh, as half an hour away. Um, I think we could do a geography with Jair Slot. Yeah, all my All my knowledge of European geography comes from... Um, the UEFA Cup circa 1985 <laughs> to 1989 well it was still in existence um, and like look notwithstanding that there are some fans who have made the trip I guess um, you know this is probably pretty easy to get to I think there's Ryanair flights I think um, mm-hmm. yeah so uh, who are we going to hear from here yeah, so I've met a few fans uh, throughout the last two days or so. And you do see the Jersey dot around the place, which is great to see. Uh, people have made the journey over. And yesterday I met with seven-year-old superfan Annie Mulholland and her dad, Alan. They're from Newbridge in Kildare. And they have been at the last couple of games. Their first game was against Sweden in Gothenburg. And I, I, that was the first time I met them at that game. And they've travelled again over here to Slovakia for this game. So, yeah, I met a very excited Annie yesterday. 
they're, they're absolutely a smashing bunch of uh, the staff, the team, you know, all, all the people in the background, the management. They're, they're phenomenal, and what they do for young girls in this country, they inspire them. You know, they, they can see them. They, they can do this. Um, I'm, you know, supporting football and playing football. 35 years. I've never seen a team to have such a close bond and relationship with the fans, and that was even evident on on Thursday night. Yeah, there seems to be a different buzz at the moment. You know, everybody's getting behind them and it's because they, they, the style of football they play, of course, the talent that they have, but they're a real likeable bunch of girls too. You know, they're, they're great crack. They're really warm with, with all the fans. They're out speaking to them all. They're signing autographs. And what do you think Absolutely. the difference is in this last few years that we're seeing this growth in the game in Ireland? I think, um, I think the girls themselves, probably the role models they had to look up to was, was male players. And the male football team, and they're in a situation now where, where they can inspire the girls of the country, mm-hmm. and, and they know what they have faced, and they're trying to make the path that little bit easier for for Annie and the, and the likes to come through. And yesterday, you met the team at the airport. We were on the same flight, and you actually waited around <laughs> for the team to come in off their flight, which was an hour and a half later. So that's how much of a dedicated fans you are. Yeah, well, this little lady got wind that they were travelling in the air behind us and we thought it was an hour and a half wait. I think it was nearly closer to two hours by the time they landed. But, like, once again, they came through those screens and they saw and it was like high fives and chats and, you know, uh, photographs and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're a very, very special bunch and they really deserve to qualify for a World Cup. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. And if they qualify, what's going to happen, Alan? Are you already thinking about these trips you're going to have to make? Even the playoff, will you be at the playoff? The, the playoff, the playoff, wherever that is, we'll probably go to the playoff. Hopefully, it'll be a home draw. But, but, you're praying for that, Alan. But if we if we have to go away, we probably will go away. And then I think we might uh, we might save a few bob, will we, and go to Australia? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, we might. If they qualify, sure, we'd have to go and support them. They, they deserve that support, I think. Well, Annie, you'd have to go, wouldn't you? You're their lucky charm. You'd have to go to Australia. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And who is your favourite player that plays for Ireland at the minute? I have three. Ian Curlin, Denise O'Sullivan and Katie McCabe. And why are they your favourites? Because they're very good. And Leanne has the same hair as me. <laughs> and are you lucky to be able to come and travel with them to go see all the games? Yeah. Are you Ireland's number one supporter? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us why. Because um, it was my birthday in Sweden and they they heard that it was my birthday so they invited me to the training session so they got to know me and then now they know me. So they're my yeah. friends. Oh, well, that's brilliant. And one day do you hope to be playing for Ireland? Yeah. That's the plan? Yeah. That's uh, Annie Mulholland and her dad, Alan, talking with Ash there. I, I think that... Um, we shouldn't underestimate how important the way that the team makes themselves available for media and fans and signing autographs and just this like umbilical connection that they have with people who go to their games. It's winning everybody over. It's swelling the crowd. It's making the bandwagon a real thing. It's getting everybody in, in behind them. And it'd be very easy for them to be like, oh, I'm game face. I've got to be Tiger Woods. I've got to like keep myself to myself. But they're the complete opposite of that. They're actually... They're volunteering to do extra media. They're like desperate to get the message out there and to influence the crowd. And, and Vera Power was talking in the press conference about those people who didn't show up for the empty seats. Mm-hmm. It was a point that we'd raised. It was kind of like, oh, there's just one thing we want to talk about. And she's like, yeah, we do, do need to talk about this. If you get a seat, you show up. 
And no one's going to turn it down. No one's going to say, oh, yeah, okay, uh, uh, screw you. They're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We will do what we're told because you're in charge now. But that bit where they welcome the young fans and they're hanging out with them, you know, there was definitely a period of time where the men's team would have been like, oh, uh, I'm on my phone. I'm looking over the other way. I'm not a part of this. They're like definitely setting a different tone, their own tone. Yeah, because I think they've wanted this for so long. They they wanted to have this recognition. They even when they were growing up, they wanted to have these you know female players to look up to, and it wasn't really the case. You know, it it, it just wasn't. You know, they looked up to to male players, and that was that's just the way it was. But now it, they know that they're these role models for these young girls and boys as well. You know, and just young players in general across Ireland and. I think the main thing is that they're just, they wanted it for so long. They wanted this coverage um, and they're backing it up with the play. You know, they're getting the results and everybody's getting behind them because of that. And they're just enjoying the journey they're on. So they're absolutely a joy to be around anytime that I've interviewed them or had the chance. You know, they've gave me more time than they should. You know, we're told, OK, three questions. We're still talking five minutes later. And, you know, they're happy to a lot of the time. You know, they, they, they're they just, yeah, really enjoying it all. And I think when you're that comfortable too, it's it's just really evident when, when they're out there as squad even training yesterday. We got to watch 15 minutes of the training before they got into the tactical stuff. They, they weren't letting us in on that. But, you know, you, you just see the the crack as a team, the definitely the, the fun they have together. And that is all evident then when they go out on the pitch. And, yeah, the relationship they have up here as well is really strong. So I think as a whole, just Irish football, uh, yeah, it's in a good place. Uh, give me predictions for both games tonight then. Start with the Ireland one. <laughs> the Ireland game. OK, I'm going to go with... 1-0. 1-0 to Ireland. We'd be delighted with that. We'd bite your hand off for that. And then we uh, would. the game at Parkhead. This is a tough one. Real Madrid, it's it's not an easy task. Um, but Celtic are in a great place at the minute. Exciting times. Uh, loving the football they're playing, the style of play they're playing. So I will say at home, I'm going to go with... Two one to Celtic. That's oh, hard. Win, you? right? I thought you were going to go two all, and everyone would be like, "Oh, yeah, that's fair enough." But no sitting on the fence for you, Ash. That's uh, what no, we, that's no, why, I'm going to back them. That's why we love your predictions. Yeah. Uh, right, more from Ash across the day. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks, lads. Uh, as I said, live coverage this evening of that game. Um, Nathan on commentary duty for you, and uh, we'll just make sure you're listening to OTB Sports Radio. You just say, uh, "Alexa, play OTB Sports Radio." And uh, away you go. Um, or uh, whatever the Google version of it is. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. I think that's it. that is exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Right. We are brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish today. Sue Ronan is standing by. We're going to get to her next. OTB AM. Ireland play Slovakia tonight. We need a win. And um, Sue Ronan is with us to try and explain how we might go about getting it. Sue, how are you? <laughs> Good, Jer and Shane. How are you keeping? Yeah, good. Um, you were pretty much bang on with your prediction for what was going to happen um uh, in the last game how are you feeling about this one with the injuries and the suspension mounting up a little bit for us yeah we have a few key players missing tonight um, but I, I think we have a good depth in our squad now that we probably haven't had for, uh, ever in the past and certainly for, for a number of years um, you know so I think we certainly have players that can, that can slot in and, and uh, you know work in the system that Vera and our staff are implementing in the team um, obviously players of the calibre of Megan Connolly Jamie Finn Rusha Littlejohn they're a huge loss 
um, you know, together with Niamh Fahey already out of the game. But um, as I mentioned, I think we have players that, that can slot in. You know, it'll be interesting to see who she, she, who she plays. Um, there's a number of young, good, great young players in the squad from even from the, the Women's League, our own league uh, here in Ireland. Um, I, I would expect her probably to maybe stick with some of the tried and trusted players though, from over the years. I certainly think Lily Ag has done herself absolutely no harm whatsoever. I thought she was fantastic when she came on the other night. She changed the game. Not only did she score the goal, I thought she was brilliant in midfield. Um, we seemed to get on the ball more when she came on. So I think she's probably played herself in or should have played herself into the team uh, in midfield. Um, potentially maybe Harriet Scott or Anya Gorman to replace Jamie Finn at right back. Um, and then we have a number of options then uh, to replace Rusha Littlejohn. Personally, I'd like to see maybe Jess Sue playing the number 10 or even Ellen Malloy from her own league um, put Heather Payne back wide and then play either Lucy Quinn or, or um, Leanne Kiernan up top, who will definitely score goals. Leanne Kiernan is scoring goals for fun with Liverpool at the moment. You know, you know. So she's plenty of options there. There's a, there's another number of other forwards who can play up top. Also, Saoirse Noon and Amber Barrett, um, Kyra Caruso. So it'll be interesting to see what Vera does. Is that the first time that you felt we have had that type of strength and depth, where you can take four players out of the team who'd be first choice essentially and go? Okay, it's it's not great. You'd obviously prefer to have all of your options available, but yeah. over the course of a campaign, this is going to happen, and we're prepared for it. Yeah, I think we are prepared for it now, and um, you know we've played a number of friendly games. We spoke about this before over the last number of years, and introduced different players and given them some minutes on the pitch and a taste of of playing against higher opposition. You know, and just the quality we have now in the squad. And again, we spoke about we've so many players playing professionally now abroad. Our own league has improved here in Ireland. Uh, we've some great young players coming through. So I, I really do think there's great depth in the squad at the moment, and. You know, I, I, it's it's always going to be difficult when you're missing three or four starting eleven players. But you know, I, I don't fear it now as much as I might have feared it in the past. So, like that that high that these Irish players have been on since since last week. Like from a coach's perspective, is it is it more difficult to get players down from a high and back to the level at which you need them for the for the kickoff tonight, or is that something you can kind of utilize and, and almost use to your advantage? I think we can use it to our advantage. I mean, if you look at the game last week, um, I suppose we all got it wrong in terms of what way we thought it might go initially. Um, I certainly thought Ireland would take the game to Finland. Um, but I think some nerves uh, were definitely evident in the game. Um, I think also we probably gave Finland too much respect. Um, and look, they are, they, they, they had been, they're the second seed in the, in the, in the group. And I suppose they probably maybe deserved that little bit of respect. Um, historically, but for me, and uh, I've said it all along, we, we're a better team than Finland, and we've proven that now by beating them twice. So I was a little bit disappointed with the tactics in the first half, but I think we have to take into account that there was no doubt some nerves there as well. Um, I don't think we're going to have those nerves tonight. We've now gotten what we wanted all along. The target was second place in the group, at least, and we've gotten that. That's secured. Regardless of what happens tonight, we're in the hat for that um the draw for the playoff draws on Friday. Um, but I think now the fact that we have that momentum, we've only lost once in, in this group. We've beaten that 
uh, we've proven now we can to ourselves really more than anything that we can beat that second seed home and away um, so I think the, the confidence of the players will take from that um, will be a huge advantage tonight you know and the, the poignant moment for me at the end of that game with everybody celebrating was the picture of Denise and uh, Katie embracing each other on the pitch and that said for me you know those girls have been there for so long I mean um, both of them uh, made their debut under myself actually but Denise has been on the team since 2011 I think Katie a couple of years after that and they've been through the highs and the, the and more lows probably in the certainly in the earlier years and the near misses and the hard luck stories and you know they just got over the line and, and they were so elated from it and I think they're a level-headed group I think they'll take you know every bit of confidence from that now into the game tonight I didn't realise um, it's a full 11 years she's still only 28 Denise yeah. Sullivan yeah. so like yeah, you'd hope that this is her peak. She she just looks a class above everybody else when she's playing. She absolutely is, and she was on our very um, our, our twenty ten um, under seventeen uh, World Cup team and our silver medal in Europe team herself, Megan Campbell. Actually, both of them, Kira Grant, who's also in the squad, the three of them were on that team. They won the silver medal against all the odds uh, under Noel King in Europe. They were the first team to beat Germany in the under seventeen competition. It was the fourth year in its um, of of the competition, and Germany had won it the previous three times and. We beat them with a, a stunning Megan Campbell goal in the semi-final. Unfortunately, lost on penalties in the final to Spain, but had that silver medal and qualified for the World Cup. And Denise was one of the, the main players at the time. Uh, Rihanna Jarrett actually was also in that squad. Um, but straight away, Denise and Megan, both of them, came up to the senior team. They were that good. Um, so it is that long. And, you know, Denise is just a world-class player. I said it the last day, and she is. You know, she can change things for us. Okay, she probably didn't have our best game the other night, but I think Finland realised that she's the danger, one of our danger players, or our most dangerous player, and they certainly nullified her. They had extra bodies around her every time she got on the ball midfield. Um, they had extra bodies around her, but I, it was interesting. I, I saw the stats there from the. Um, the, the 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 sports scientist working with the team and Denise I think she ran something like twelve kilometers in the in the game and two or three of those at high speed you know so I mean she certainly got around the pitch she might have been on the ball but she was everywhere trying to affect the game you know and, and she is a class act that's really interesting to to hear that and uh, you know that's the type of level of commitment that you're going to get from the, so it's not just that she has the quality she also has the application. And eventually yeah. something's going to fall. Like, you know, uh, one of those runs is going to end up, she's going to end up in space and all of a sudden we'll absolutely. score off the back of it. Yeah, absolutely. And she keeps trying, she keeps going, she keeps pushing and she's everywhere. And if you, you just watch her even in a game. And, you know, when we're under pressure in games, any games when we are defending and she's everywhere, like she's trying to affect the game. She's trying to win the ball back. She's covering for play, covering players. Um, she's trying to get on the ball. She, you know, make things happen. She's just, as I, I keep saying, I can't say it enough, like she is a world class player. And I think if she was playing in England, maybe it would be more prominent, um, you know, or because that league is now the, the, the top league and it's the most publicised league I suppose maybe the fact she's in the States you know maybe we don't hear about it as much or we do obviously here because we, we know of her and we're listening out for it but maybe you know the, the, the people in, in the press or the people around Europe whatever don't hear about it so much but I mean her, her team have won the league in in, in um 
in the US for the last couple of years. I think she's been voted the most valuable player as well uh, on a couple of occasions over there. So, you know, she just is a world-class player. Yeah, Caroline is a nice place to live. That's the. <laughs> it has <laughs> certain has certain charms. Yeah, has some qualities. Rainy yeah, Manchester sure. or sunny, sunny Carolina. Um, Absolutely. Well, let's just talk about the role of Katie then, because there's been massive debate over the last eighteen months about you know can we get her more involved? She's so important to us. Can we just mm-hmm. play her in the middle of midfield? What can we do? Can, is she a number ten? Like I don't know. I, I don't know. Did we get a, any of an answer? D- did she end up on more ball like we would have liked? Uh, the other night or is this still a work in progress? Katie uh, yeah look, Katie's a very valuable player to us also and there's another world class player in my view um, she was didn't have her best game the other night I don't think again I, I think Finland had probably done their, their homework but I don't think we helped ourselves we didn't get on the ball enough in, in the first half you know we tended to go long with it any time we had it we didn't look to build up and play through the thirds and get Katie on the ball um, maybe if she had been playing in the defence you know we might have seen her on the ball more but I think um, certainly from my point of view and I think there's many others agree uh, you know, I think she, we're, we're better using Katie higher up the pitch because she can, you know, cause trouble in the opponent's defence. You want to unleash her on in one v one duels with the opponent's full backs because she can take them on and or or not and still whip in great crosses. You know, and I mean, she just has a stunning left foot. You know, and and such a short backswing as well when she's taking a shot or you know whipping in a cross. She can put it on on, on a sixpence for um, one of our, our attackers. Um, so I certainly think she's better higher up the pitch, but she has shown she can absolutely do the job from further back. Um, it was just one of those uh, games the other night. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for her in the first half particularly. Um, and she she just didn't have her best game, maybe in the green jersey. But look, she still worked really hard. She's still a great leader. She still inspires those around her, I think, and, and leads really very, very, very well from the front. So I was just interested listening to, to, to Louise Quinn there a while ago on the show talking to, to, to Ashling and, and like she was asked about the Slovakian strengths and, and maybe areas where they could hurt us and I think she talked about the pace and the, the fast transition of the Slovakian players. Uh, yeah. One word she mentioned as well that, that struck me was, was physicality and you know I was listening to the, the commentary on the radio with Nathan and Emma Byrne last week of the uh, the Finland game and, and Emma was in that first half talking about the physicality of the Finnish players compared to the Irish players. Mm-hmm. Like is that is that something that that maybe isn't a massive concern? Like it's just a case of you know doubling down on the strength and conditioning, or is that something that that could be a an issue for this Irish team going forward? You know, it's something I think many other countries have over us, or, or they certainly had. It's improving now because we have more players playing in professional clubs. But you know, even going back when I was with the team, play, opponent teams, opposition that we played, even teams maybe ranked below us, where we were better, a better footballing team, they just seemed to be physically stronger than us. And I think, you know, I was from various workshops or speaking to different people, you're trying to find out why. And you know, I think it was that they were starting younger in those countries in terms of strength and conditioning you know they had it in the clubs they had it in their underage national teams where we didn't have it in any of our national teams at the time and even a key one something so small they did so much um, PE and physical education in school you know so this was something that that they were doing as kids from a very younger age they're building that physicality and they're building that strength and conditioning and it was something that we didn't have we've certainly caught up um, you know, we've gone a long way to addressing that in the last few years, but it's going to take a while and it takes a generation really. It's something that players have to start off with or young girls have to start off with from a very young age. Um, and then it's something that, you know, naturally evolves in them. So, 
um, yeah, it's it's something that we have had a challenge with, um, but our our football has gotten us through over teams like that. Now, when we go back to Slovakia, they're definitely a, um, an improving football nation, and you know they they only narrowly lost to um, Sweden at home. I think it was one nil. They lost three one uh, away to Sweden. They took points off Finland at home. They took points off us away. So they aren't any slouches. And when I saw them playing against us in Tala, I thought to myself, gosh, they really have improved because again, they would have been in, in the last group that I managed with this uh, team, um, whatever, four or five years ago, they were in our group and we, we beat them quite comfortably, I think, but they've definitely improved. Technically, they've all improved. And as you say, physically, um, they just seem that movement, they have that mobility around the pitch. They just seem to be able to do it better than they were. So they're not going to be an easy team uh, to, to get the win off tonight. Um, they did cause all sorts of problems in Tala. Um, so we're really going to be have, have to be on our A game, I think, to win this game tonight. That's a um, really interesting point about the, the PE. Like It's something that comes up again and again and again mm-hmm. on the show whenever we talk to anybody yeah. who's, who's kind of involved in sport that like, we still we've, we've made a little bit of an effort we've put it on the curriculum and it's almost yeah. like oh well that's the job done now it's on the curriculum what yeah. more can we do as a country but actually like you still hear of PE classes being cancelled uh, if yes. something else needs to be made up that's the yeah. first thing to be sacrificed and it's also yeah. it's not really codified properly in primary schools no we're way behind in terms of PE in school compared to many European countries who really are and you're right it's sometimes it's at the whim of you know well is there something else on we need the hall for today or whatever it might be and it's it's you know it's just not implemented enough in my view in schools it should be it should be there should be a better structure around it but you know that's where it starts in many of these countries and, and they have the, these programs in school from a very early age and that's where that builds that strength and condition that movement that mobility and players that eventually then when they go into club structures they have it there also and then their academies and you know many of these countries are are ahead of us in in that part of the game and here's the thing it would actually benefit every single sport it wouldn't just be Uh, you know like this is one thing that the IRFU the FAI the GA and the LGFA can all get in a room and go yeah we all agree with this actually so what how are we lobbying the government to make sure that we're producing better athletes for our clubs and like for our health system for sure you know. Yeah, well, exactly. The health system is a key one also, but you're right. Every sport will benefit. You know, it's not just football. It's every single sport. Um, but I mean, also the health of, of, uh, of young children. And I suppose even just to get girls enjoying sport as well, you know, because we have a challenge there. Um, when you go outside the elite side of the game, you have a challenge there, even keeping girls in sport in general terms. So it has huge advantages all around. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you about was just the, the perception of the team and their willingness to give of their time and to do extra interviews like it, it was very noticeable after the game the other night that mm-hmm. the players wanted to come out and talk they wanted to tell their stories they wanted to enjoy the moment and to share that moment with the fans not just the ones who were in the stadium but like by talking to the media and by being open about stuff I do I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think about this group and the journey they're taking women's sport on and not just the football team by being so open and being such great ambassadors yeah, they are. They're great ambassadors and they are very open and there's a huge connection with the fans, as I mentioned. Uh, and every one of them has their own story. And, you know, storytelling is a big part, really, of, of that engagement in women's sport and, and trying to make that connection with fans and trying to make that connection with pre- the press over the years, you know, because in, in different sports, you know, the interest probably wasn't there, you know, uh, 
but as the quality improves now in the sport and the players are still willing to share their story and, and they're open books, you know, and I, I, I think it's great and long may it continue because you see how close they are to the fans and, and the fans definitely pulled them through the other night, you know, the, the crowd really got behind them when things weren't going well. So, you know, I love to see it, I have to say, and I think the players are more than willing to continue to do that and you see it, you see it everywhere in, in women's football. It's not just in Ireland, you see it in England, you see it, you saw it after the Euros, you know, I, I think it's a really vital part of our game. Uh, Sue, like we, we briefly mentioned Megan Campbell's throw-ins and long throw-ins uh, a little bit earlier. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the Slovakian manager even asked about it, which was quite funny as well in his press conference. But, like, I'm thinking back to even Ashley earlier mentioned the game a couple of years ago where, where she, you know, she basically contributed directly to a couple of goals for Ireland through those uh, uh, throw ins. I remember a game as well. You were probably in charge yourself. It was probably around 2014 or so, the, a game against Germany when Germany. I think we yeah. lost the game, but, but I yeah. know a couple of the Irish goals came directly from a young, maybe 19 or 20 year old Megan Campbell's long yeah. throw ins. So, this, this is, yeah. and the obvious comparisons are to Rory to lap but this is a weapon that you obviously utilised when you were Irish manager and and still you know eight years on here we are still and rightly using it Absolutely, we trained us, you know, and you're right. We scored. We frightened the life out of Germany in that that uh, World Cup campaign. Um, we took the lead one uh, through um, a fantastic throw in um, under the main stand by by Megan, uh, put into the box, and Louise Quinn got her head on it. Um, frightened the life, as I say, out of Germany. They equalised and managed to go two one ahead. It was a, that that game still you know rankles with me, and I'm sure if you ask Emma Byrne about it, she'll say the same. You know, I mean, they, they scored a freak winner uh, wind assisted cross went in into the goal uh, the wind carried it in over M's head um, but the, we took they, they were 2-1 up and in the 89th minute we equalised with another uh, throw in from Megan Stephanie Roach this time got her head to it and it is such a weapon and they just couldn't deal with it and at the time they were at the top of their game um, they were European champions at the time I can't remember whether they went on to win it then the, then the next camp, in that campaign or not oh that was the World Cup campaign sorry but they were European champions and they, as I say they were at the top of their game but they just couldn't deal with it and we trained it and um we had different movement for it and Meg, Megan puts that ball in better than you can actually put a cross in because she keeps it so flat and it just flies like a, an exocet missile, you know, and watching her the other night do it because she hasn't played a lot of football as we know and she hasn't been at the team for a couple of years and she, I, I was just thinking to myself, I wonder has she lost any you know, distance in the throw because, you know as we all get older I suppose we lose different things but oh my gosh, she still has the same power and, and direction in that throw and it was really such a, a weapon and I think it's something the girls will if Megan is playing tonight hopefully she is can certainly be used and I'm sure again to frighten the lights out of Slovakians it Just taken as well um, Sue about the, the fact that for some reason the away form in this Irish team seems to be excellent in comparison to the home form and we, we talk about the record home crowds and the yes. support they get at Tallis Stadium and yet it's the, the Sweden and Finland games away that you think back to it as maybe the most impressive performances like is there something in that is there something that just on the road certain teams tend to get results sometimes yeah, you know, like, like we talk about the crowd at home, and they are great, and they, and they do help uh, get the the team over the line on a lot of to- a lot of occasions. But it can build, bring some pressure as well, and maybe when things are not going well, you know, the players might go into themselves unwittingly. Um, but they have been really playing very well away from home. Um, what, what's the reason for? It? I'm not really sure, um, but they will need another good performance tonight because, as we've said, Slovakia are dan- a dangerous opponent. Um, you know, they've not 
nothing to lose. We've nothing to lose, which is good from our point of view as well. Like we can put the icing on the cake by avoiding that first round of playoffs tonight and getting ourselves into that second round and giving giving ourselves a really good opportunity of qualifying directly for the World Cup or indeed through the interfed competition. Um, you know, so I think we we might just get over the line tonight, maybe by the odd goal. Um, I think the pressure is off us now. We've gotten and we've achieved what we wanted to achieve. Um, I think, you know, from that point of view, we're not going to have any pressure. We should be able to play our football. We should be relaxed. We should be calm. Maybe that crowd and the expectation at home, well, on one hand, it definitely does help us. Maybe it, it weighs us down a little bit at times. Um, that won't be there tonight, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's a catch-22, really, the, the home. But we have played very, very well away from home. So hopefully it continues tonight. Sue, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Enjoy the game. All right, guys. Take care. You too. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.